This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. I'm a mess. Um, such a wreck. Hey Geekscapists, with Valentine's Day around the corner, we've decided to hook you up. Geekscape has partnered with the video dating app Filter Off to bring you a free and fun video speed dating event on Saturday, February 13th. To take part, all you've got to do is download the Filter Off dating app to your smartphone. Find the Geekscape event in RSVP with the code GEEKSLOVE2. That's T-O-O, because we do love to. You don't have to wait until Valentine's to use the app either. It's fun and free, and Matt Kelly has already racked up a ton of dates on it. So, what have you got to lose? Download Filter Off, and we'll see you on February 13th. Geekscape forever. Geekscapists, how are you doing? I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. It's what we've been doing for 15 years. So if you've been with us that whole time, you know what to expect. We're going to talk, let's see, movies, video games, comic books, some TV. That's been pretty hot. Yep. You've been watching that WandaVision? We'll be talking about it, but don't worry. If you're not caught up, we're going to be saving those spoilers till the end of the show, and we'll give you plenty of warning so that, uh, you know, you don't get anything spoiled for you. But really, what are you doing on the internet if you don't want things spoiled for you? 
right? It's rampant out there. If you're a podcast listener, well, welcome. You know you can watch the show live on Facebook, on the Twitch, on the YouTube. And for those three of you who have Periscope, that's an option. But you know what? I love my bread and butter podcast listeners. Those of you who've uh, been subscribing to the podcast, thank you so much. Share it with your friends right now. You're probably listening to this podcast and be like, hey, my buddy, he would like this. Let me go and uh, hit that share button and send it over to Ted. You know, maybe he's your friend on Facebook. If he is, tell him to join the Geekscape Forever Facebook group. We talk a lot of fun stuff on there. And uh, if Ted needs a friend, you know, wants to start dating, Valentine's Day is coming up this week. And we have a filter off event going on. But he's going to need the filter off app. Just download it. Join it. I don't know. Matt Kelly figured out. You can do it. And uh, <laughs> we got the event on Saturday where it's like a speed dating thing. I don't know how it works, uh, but uh, you swipe and then you speed date and you, I don't know, but it was in the ad. You know it. Uh, also, there's a, a little company that our friends Matt Kelly and Chris Ophalios, two podcasters here on the Geekscape Network started called We Know Podcasting. And uh, yeah, they figured it out and they can help you figure it out. Uh, did I figure out that sentence? Not really. Uh, Matt Kelly is in the comments and he says, please, dear God, check out We Know Podcasting. Um, really, I don't want Matt like being on the street. Okay. So please, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, start one with Matt. He needs it. And, uh, he's kind of day to day for now. Um, so we'll see. Maybe he'll be on that speed dating event this Saturday, uh, kind of tub thumping for his new uh, project. Uh, let's see what's going on here. Uh, Bolt T says, I should have read the description before now. I'm only on episode three of WandaVision. I love spoilers, though, so I guess I'm sticking around for some today. Uh, Bolt T, you don't have to. I'm going to save all spoilers till the end of the show. But we will be talking about things like the new Falcon Winter Soldier trailer that was on the uh, Super Bowl. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I'm not against the sports ball. I definitely watch basketball, but uh, I did not watch the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, let's see what else is going on. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else in the in the comments. So sorry, podcast listeners. I know you. I said you're my bread and butter, and then I became a slave to some of the video con- comments, and uh, that's not fair to you. You've been with me for 15 years. I love y'all. I will never stray again. <laughs> Just kidding. I actually wanted to ask y'all, are you enjoying the live shows? Are you enjoying the streaming? Because we're getting close to a year of doing the streaming stuff. And I really like it. I like the live interactions with y'all. But it's a different show. Definitely. It gives me a different energy. It gives y'all a different interaction. You want me to just go back to straight podcasting where I sit down with somebody and I put it up later? Or do y'all want to be part of the show like you've been for the last year? I kind of like it. We'll find out. But let me know for sure. That is something that you should definitely Facebook or email me and tell me. Jonathan, keep the keep the uh, keep the live element, or get rid of it. You're too distracted. You're talking about stuff like uh, the comments section and Matt Kelly's mental health. Let's be clear; I've always been talking about Matt Kelly's mental health. Uh, speaking of my mental health, I hope you're taking care of yours. But there's somebody who keeps me in check here. I added her as co-host, really just so that the show would be funny for once. Her name's Katie, and here she is. Hey, what's up? I'm glad to be back. Sorry I missed last week. I heard it was a boy hoot. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I had we had take... a boys club. You did. You had a boys club. I had to take the cat to the vet, and he was not happy about it, and he's been mad at me for this entire week and will not go near me. 
Do cats have that long a memory where they're like, Dude. you're the one who went to the, took me to the doctor and they stuck a thermometer at my butt? Like, is that something a cat really does? Yes. I swear to God, yes. Okay, so our cat is, he's this is like his third home. So he has vengeance issues. Um, but yeah, no. So his last owner, we were supposed to babysit him for like a week. Uh, and then that was like two years ago. So um, we officially adopted him a year ago. Anyway, long story short, he's the sweetest Bubba in all the land, and I love him so much. Um, but he, whenever his old dad comes and visits, he he'll give him the cold shoulder. He'll go hide. He he won't. He's pissed that he left. He's him. pissed. He's that he pissed left. that he left it. He left right. him there. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's kind of crazy. So why did he uh, leave him? It, he it was an issue with his. I don't want to go into it because I don't really know it. But like he was having some issues with his wife, and like his wife couldn't have the cats around because there was two cats, by the way. Um, yeah, it was a whole thing, and we just ended up falling in love with them because we just kept them for however long, and we're just like, okay, dude, it's about time we're gonna adopt these boys because they're our boys now. So wait, you got two cats out of the deal? Two cats out of the deal? Oh. Yeah. So Oliver really the tiny vampire. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then 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 uh uh there's Yazzie, the big fat guy. He's, okay. He's, well, we had fun last guy. week. It was a boys club. And maybe <laughs> the boys club will come back soon. Uh we don't we didn't mean to make it a boys club. It's just when Katie fell out, it became a boys club. And Katie, I got to tell you. There needs to be more boys in geekdom? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Let's, make it, let's make it toxic. Uh <laughs> We were talking about sports and Geekscape is I'm late to this party, but some of y'all may have watched this. I'm addicted to it. I binged it this weekend. Uh, Ted Lasso. I think you told me about it. How is that not the best TV of this year? No, it is the best TV show of this year. It is the best TV show of this year. And I freaking Sudeikis kills it. Like in a way I was not expecting from an SNL character that I was not expecting to ever have a show. Like it's one of them in my mind, the most successful and endearing shows that has ever come out of SNL. Um, And it's just like someone described it as like a warm hug that we all needed. And it is, it's so good. And football is life. Katie, the Ted Lasso character was an SNL character because mm-hmm. in the credits it says that it was based on an NBC Sports story. Yes. So what happened was NBC got, uh, I believe, European football or something to that effect. So they came up through Sudeikis, who was on SNL at the time. He made this character called Ted Lasso, which was basically the first episode where he was like an American football coach trying to coach. And so he was trying to explain European football or the original football that actually makes sense because you connect your foot to the ball anyway. um, (laughs) And his name was Ted Lasso and they did all these commercials and these spots, which, so it was kind of SNL. It was really more an NBC promo, but yeah. Whoa, it's Jonathan. I'm going to jump in here real quick to say what you just heard is not true. Uh, Lauren Michaels is not a producer on Ted Lasso and it is not based on an SNL character. I don't know where Katie got that. I don't know why I couldn't back that up. And I know that Gil, our awesome guest who's coming up, was screaming at me in the private chat uh, during the show. And I just didn't say anything. So let's carry on. Let's uh, just carry on. That was amazing. That, yeah. Those 10 episodes were incredible. They were heartfelt. They were exciting. They were hilarious. Every character got their spot. I The economy of every script and the directing, everything 
was amazing. And I had just been wondering, like, hey, what's Zach Braff been doing? Because I really liked Garden State. And I know he'd been directing some films. So he directed, like, episode three. Yeah, yeah, which is one of the best episodes ever. And Every also, single the one, guy, Katie, was awesome. I know, I know. We rewatched it for the second time through. It's so good. And the guy who plays Roy says the best fuck in all of the land. <laughs> and he used to be, he was a, he's a writer for the show too. Right. He, he was writing for the show and he was like, Hey, I think I could really play this part. And they were like, okay, send it in the tape. And he did. And he freaking booked it. And he kills that role. I think he was a standup. Was he? Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, Heidi did some research on him and I agree with you. His fuck is equivalent to the dude from the wire. <laughs> shit. Like it is. Everybody's got that word. And I mean, maybe there's a curse word out there for me, but we'll find it one day, and and I'll make I'll make it my my go to. Yeah, uh, yeah, huge, 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 huge. Yeah. Uh, we got our good buddy. Speaking of comedians, uh, Gil Barron's on the show, and Gil is a comedy producer here in LA, and he's a major geek. I met him up on that clubhouse where I met everybody th- these days. I spent a lot of time in that clubhouse. You know, geeks keeps my clubhouse, but you know, sometimes you got to go to another clubhouse and expand the. Uh, you get it. Right, I'm, I'm I'm bringing people networking, I'm networking, <laughs> trying to get y'all guests because your freaking appetite is come on, stop it's it, insatiable, insatiable. So here's my good buddy Gil Barron. He's got a lot of geek opinion opinions, and let's see what he's got. That's Gil Barron. Gil, there he is. He's on the show. Uh, Gil, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. It's been a really cool day, just clubhousing and getting my my shows together and doing all my work. Uh, like you said, I'm a comedy producer. So, you know, we're still doing shows through quarantine. You know, we're doing them uh, via Zoom. And most of my shows have moved to uh, a venue called Nowhere Comedy Club. So Ooh. if you're looking for cool comedy shows, go to NowhereComedyClub.com. And... Well, talk to me. Cause yeah, that, talk to you about well, it. is it literally the Nowhere comedy club right now during pandemic because is this a physical space when we're not in end times well it's a new venue and you know they were like they were like in la yeah okay well i don't know so it started by um by ben glebe who is here in la and steve hofstetter who i know is based in philadelphia or pittsburgh for the most part uh but clearly they're both touring comics they have a studio here in sherman oaks that i think they've done a couple of shows but the point is that audiences watch them on zoom uh you know we're not trying to be open and spread COVID or anything um so people watch them on zoom sometimes comedians can go into the studio if they want like to be on a stage with a mic and all of that kind of stuff but we haven't done that yet for our shows everything has been zoom based and and we've just been happy as clams we got to do it uh, one month with Alonzo Bowden, uh, we got to do it in December, and I love Alonzo. Yeah, and NPR Bowden, brought me Alonzo, yeah. and I love him. Like oh, yeah, for sure, from um, from oh. Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. And yeah. so, well, how does this work? Somebody buys like a ticket and gets like a Zoom link, and then they watch comedians Zoom jokes at them. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, our show is an entire late night show. Uh, the structure of it is a late night talk show. So they're getting a full show with monologues and desk bits and guest interviews. I, I think I said his guest was George Wallace, you know, from that's awesome from Vegas. You know, the great George Wallace who just came out with his awesome book. Uh, our second month, we had Danielle Perez, uh, who is so so funny and so killer. And we just got uh, reposted a clip from it. Maria Bamford just posted a clip from it because she was such a fan uh, of it. And Guy Branham was on the show. And Dulce Sloan from The Daily Show was on the show. 
I'm geeking out so hard right now. <laughs> Gil, what are you doing here? Oh, never like, met you, you have a real show. Yeah. What are you doing on Geekscape? What's going on here? Like, why are you? What are you? I'm a, why, I'm a why are you slumming? <laughs> All right, Paul, you're slumming here with the geeks. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you got yeah. you got a show with real comedians. I just got Katie. Like, Katie's the only real comedian here, and, and I'm not even that real. <laughs> oh man, if I had a Katie, if I had a Katie, do you know where I'd be right now? <laughs> I think we not, all need our not next babies. to that quilted blanket. Um, <laughs> did you say the Nowhere Comedy Club is in Sherman Oaks? They have a studio there, studio. but okay. it's on Zoom. It's nowhere. You yeah, don't yeah. have okay. to go anywhere. You can be in Dallas, Texas, or Fort Worth, Texas, or San Antonio, Texas, wherever uh, around Only the Texas. No, everywhere around okay. the world. Everywhere around the world Alton, in Texas. Texas. <laughs> you could be Austin. in Austin, Texas, Laredo, Texas, El Paso, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go to Midland, Texas. Nobody wants to go to Midland, Texas. There, there are certain floors of the Alamo where you're not going to get service, but <laughs> you could theoretically. It doesn't have a basement. You know that, Gil. I do There's no basement in the Alamo. Uh, so where do where would the Geekscapists go to be a, like check out more on that Zoom? Yeah, I Probably. would definitely recommend finding us uh, on Twitter and and Instagram at Your Late Night. You can find us at Your Late Night, and you'll get all of the news about our shows. And you know, one of our really recent uh, show hosts, um, Dwayne Colbert, was featured in one of the Super Bowl ads. So he just got tweeted uh, the, by, um, oh man, who just tweeted him? I'm, can I look it up? Is it okay if yeah, I- Yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you want. We'll talk over you, it's fine. We will yeah. absolutely Go just talk yeah. more about look the it cats. Up, but you, Katie, look tell me about these two cats you don't. <laughs> yeah, Yazzie and Oliver, they're fantastic. <laughs> I am curious though, I am curious about um, the the way you do your comedy shows. I've, I've seen a couple of comedy shows and they haven't been great because the whole Zoom thing can be tough. Um, I'm wondering, like, is your audience live as well? Are you allowing them to have audio? That's impressive that you're allowing them to have audio because what sometimes, well, yeah. because sometimes people they cut they like mute the people that are just in the audience so that you don't oh, have yeah. hecklers. you know hecklers oh, and things oh. like that. Elizabeth Banks and Jay Duplass were having nice. a Twitter conversation about my buddy Dwayne Colbert, who was the uh, the husband in that Alexa ad. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he he was the husband uh, in that Alexa ad where the where the Alexa grew a body and he was a jealous husband. But Jay Duplass and Elizabeth Banks were like having a Twitter convo about how great an actor he is, and he just won an Emmy for a Funny or Die video he wrote, and he hosted our fiftieth episode back in I guess it was um, uh, September. So we were just we've just been on cloud nine today with all of our hosts getting like cool industry attention. Uh, but yeah, you should host right. one of these shows. Maybe it's just like the, the, maybe that's the corner you need right there. Like if you just turn that corner, Katie, maybe just like host the show or it, the studio is not far from your home right now. Just hang Probably outside. Not. I hang outside and relax myself, but that's very close to where I live. <laughs> yeah, just randomly hang outside of studios there in Sherman Oaks. Okay. So when people show up, like pull a knife or something and be like, hey, I want to host the show. Sooner or later, you're going to find the right one. Jonathan, remember, I'm six foot tall. I don't have to pull anything out but my face on top of my body. <laughs> like, people get scared when I just walk. <laughs> Holy shit, it's the girl from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they put in that pilot. They, they were like, we want you to look like Brienne of Tarth. They're like, done. I am into it. <laughs> oh, no, I meant Mother of Dragons. Oh, yeah. No, totally Daenerys. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would step on her. <laughs> well, you have eyebrows for it. I do, yeah. You got Daenerys eyebrows. 
<laughs> Thanks, man. Get a little Katie. and darker than the hair. <laughs> uh, I think the, we've talked about it on Geekscape, but when we are post-pandemic, you know I want to do some Geekscape lives. Uh, similar to the kind of show that Gil does successfully, but we probably won't. Uh, and I was thinking of calling it this, the the uh, the Geekscape Super Spread the Love events. Uh, <laughs> where we just get live. We Very spread easy the love and an audience. We just do it. We just say, hey, come on and give us a big hug. It's post-pandemic. And let's, <laughs> Kisses let's share, for all. Let's share saliva. Well, let's get real sloppy up in this. When you were doing live shows, did you also uh, do any like live streams along with doing the live shows? We really didn't. We were based at the Pack Theater. If you don't know the Pack Theater, I they fucking were love like, the Pack. Yeah, they sort of grew out of the community that left IO West and and left UCB. Second City, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just such a homegrown, great environment to be incubated at. And we were really like one of their you know their tentpole shows. Uh, so we were like the people that were like filling that theater um and you know the philosophy there was like you know come to a show like why would we do why would we do twitch why would we live stream this why would we facebook live this because we want people coming to the theater right and growing the theater um they were i will give them a lot of props because when the pandemic hit they moved on to twitch like that they were so quick they were so on it they knew what they needed to do there were some people that had twitch experience and so we did six shows that were on twitch before we moved to nowhere we got to do the show with jerry minor uh twice which was amazing and fortune famester came on the show and horatio sands came on the show and jerry o'connell came on the show we got to do the show with drew drogi um yeah we've just been having uh you know a sort of a hot girl pandemic summer (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know all the comedians' names, but hook me up with that Jerry O'Connell, all right? Like, sorry, right. I'm a new, but that Jerry O'Connell, I, I want to see what he's got. Um, Dude, Jonathan, so you'll love Fortune Foodster. I, I love everybody. Drew is amazing. Uh, so, he did. He did. speaking of Twitch, this uh, Jay Keevers over on Twitch says, "Will you go to all the Texases for Geekscape Live?" Oh, that's a great idea. Yep. I will go to all 19 of the cities that Gil named in Texas for Geekscape Live. We'll just do a Texas saddle tour. We'll just do all the, we'll do like a round rodeo. We'll do like a rodeo thing. From Amarillo, Texas. From, mm-hmm. Yep. Near my dad's hometown of Groom. We'll go down to my hometown of Austin and we'll just, you know, go crazy. It'll be the Steers, Queers, and Beers Geekscape tour. And I think y'all will love it. Is that, that's fucking not PC at all. I'm so sorry about that. Well done, dude. Um, way to go, Jonathan. So many steers. <laughs> nothing but steers with this guy. Um, so, Gil, like, you're a geek, though. Like, we met on Clubhouse, and we yeah. connected over talking comics nonstop. We were like, boom, and we killed the room. People cleared out. They were like, we're just going to leave these nerds to talk Every about comics. We in a room, yeah. They started playing well, Closing Time. Yeah, well, we shut that Whoa. bitch down. No, Siri. Hey, I wasn't Katie, Katie, is that uh is that a female incel bot going on? Yes, <laughs> she's trying she's trying to shut me down. She's like, you don't know shit. Um, like, what are you reading? Because I think you're reading some stuff that I don't read, which is like the DC. Books. I'm reading just about everything. I'm reading all of Future State. I'm reading the Marvel stuff with King and Black, which I think they're actually doing a really good job and made me care about Eddie Brock for the first time, which I've never in my life cared about. I'm really loving the current Black Widow series, I think is really good. You are absolutely reading stuff I don't read. (laughs) For sure. Strange (laughs) Academy, which is um, sort of the new... It's sort of... 
it's so it's all the magical teenagers in the in the Marvel universe, and they're being taught by Doctor Strange. Strange. So it's sort of like the updated version of Generation X. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you read yeah. Generation X. Yeah, that. that was like over the X Men books. You had all the young X Men being taught. Yeah, and Logan's yeah. just being a hard ass to all of them, and yeah. Emma Frost really. But now we've got it on Strange. Strange Academy had some interest because. I, I liked uh, Mark Wade's run on, on Doctor Strange. I thought that was good, and it felt like it led into it. Um, I was late on King of Black, and I'll tell you what. It's like the planet of this whole symbiotes thing. Like, think about Spider-Man's symbiote costume. Geeks gave us, you know, Venom is the symbiote, and he came from a planet. And Donny Cates, who I think is a writer that I took way too long to jump on the bandwagon of, um, said, okay, let's trace that back to the planet that the symbiote came from, and now it's a whole race of symbiotes, but now the symbiotes have like a god, and that god has been god, fucking yeah. shit up, and I, the coolest thing for me with, that led to that was that Silver Surfer Black series, where the Silver oh, Surfer, like gorgeous, the that was awesome oh man, so Geekscape, if you're looking for comics to read, and you want kind of like a one and done-ish comic that might lead to other stuff and it might not lead to other stuff get silver surfer black and it's a real artsy trippy cool book but silver surfer runs afoul of the like god of these symbiotes and starts like it starts infecting him he starts literally turning black and not silver and losing his powers and becoming weaker and he has to find the power to defeat it um and now donny cates is also doing thor which is a pretty great book because uh, the old school Thor would like strike his hammer Mjolnir on the ground and become Donald Blake, who was like just a surgeon. And there's a doctor with a fucked up leg, right? Yeah, he had a fucked up leg. He was weak. And I remember when like the beginning of Thor, back when all the heroes needed alter egos, Donald Blake was Thor's alter ego. And there was even a shout out in the first Chris Helmsworth movie that he steals a, a, an outfit and it, the name tag says Donald Blake. But in the current Marvel universe, you don't need Donald Blake to be an alter ego for Thor. You just have Thor. Mm-hmm. And what was what's been awesome, Geekscape is is Donny Cates came in and said, "Okay, let's trade. Let's let's just justify and figure out what's going on with this Donald Blake thing, and let's clean this up." So, so Donald Blake was Odin teaching Thor humility and saying, "We are going like every now and then you're going to have to regenerate. You have to become Donald Blake." to live amongst mankind and it will teach you uh, humility and to connect with them because you're a God and to these people. And uh, the twist was that we've discovered is that when he's Thor, the Donald Blake fabrication that Thor, that, that Odin created, Donald Blake would go live in some fake like world, some fake neighborhood and Donald Blake would be happy there. And he would only return to our world when he's, uh, you know, not Thor, and he would be done the wiser. So, in the Marvel Universe, Thor has been Thor for a long time. So, Donald Blake has been in this little pocket universe that Odin created for a long time, so long that Donald Blake started thinking, Hey, this is like the Truman Show, none of this is real. And he starts going insane and like killing people and yeah, becoming murder. more powerful and like <laughs> murdering, like the serpent dragon that is in charge of this world and like taking its power. And so recently in the comics, Thor says, I'm going to check it on that Donald Blake guy. And he hits the hammer. Donald Blake appears and has godlike powers. 
like whips Loki's ass, whips all the Asgardians' asses, and then says, "Oh, uh, now it's Thor's job to be stuck in this little pocket universe. I'm going to keep him there, and while I do, I'm going to go and take Asgard for myself, and go and check in on Jane Foster, and just start making their world hell." And so Donald Blake has turned into this psychotic villain. It's creepy. He's like Silence of the Lambs level creepy, and it's been awesome. Another Donny Cates book. I think this Donny Cates guy is somebody they got to give the keys to over at Marvel. He's a fantastic writer. Yeah. I think Marvel's doing a lot of really great books right now. DC, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm reading all this future state stuff, and I just keep being like, do I have to? It feels like such a chore to me. Uh, the one that I really loved was Wonder Woman, which is Joelle Jones. Um, if you don't know Joelle Jones, one of the top comics creators uh, of the last 10 years, and uh, set her sights on creating a new Brazilian Wonder Woman. And so uh, incorporated Brazilian myths was like, well, you know, the whole concept of Wonder Woman is the clashing of myth and reality, right? Myth and superheroics. So she's like, well, if we're going to do a Brazilian Wonder Woman, we have to start with Brazilian myths. And she's got a Pegasus named Jerry, and she's got a short fuse, and she's... Uh, just I'm just having the time of my life reading that book. There's only you know two issues, and they just gave that character a new book, an ongoing called Wonder Girl. So I guess she's going to be Ooh. the new Wonder Girl, and um, supposedly they're developing a CW show for that character. So DC okay. is like putting the power behind that one. We're going all in on this new Wonder Girl, Wonder Woman. I think it's great. Yara Floor is the name of the character. It does and- feel like the Wonder Woman series and franchise is only doing good for DC at the moment. <laughs> like, they, they is the rest so- of that stuff any good? Like, is the future state stuff good? I haven't enjoyed most of it. I liked Supergirl. <laughs> I, um... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, just oh, no. tough. it's tough to get through. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no. I know that there's something on the other side of it, right? Like there's a soft relaunch. I mean, it's it's not uh the which at the end of um what was it called? Death metal. Um everything's everything matters now, I guess is their mantra. It's like a multiverse and every multiverse matters, right? Yeah. There's and there's multi multiverses. Which is fine. Fine. <laughs> okay. And like right. they're clearly doing that in their TV and movies. All I care about is that any individual book I read is good on its own, right? I don't really need the entire DC universe to connect and make sense and bring in Superman red and blue and and Turtle Boy needs to make sense and, you know, <laughs> and Ambush Bug and Tasmanian Devil need to team. I don't need that. <laughs> Give me a good book with a writer that cares about that character, right? right. You know? Bendis on Young Justice, great. You know, I'm doing okay. I'll be okay no matter what they do. And so, you know, and by the way, speaking of Strange Academy, we're talking about now they're going to be doing Titans Academy. So they're creating a bunch of new teen characters that are now going to be taught by by Dick and Donna, which I think is a great concept. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. Yeah, it always seems like DC and Marvel, to agree, are afraid of moving things forward too far and the current spider-man books and avengers books like i think i feel like the avengers books are trying to advance things aggressively but it doesn't feel like it's fun to me i don't i'm not a big fan of the phoenix stuff going on i like that jason aaron is you know he sort of looked at that 90s jla that morrison jla and he's like there is no reason the avengers can't be this and i agree with him you know there was no reason to me why 
Blade and Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange, sure. Silver Surfer, and a million other characters shouldn't have been in that revolving door of Avengers. The stories are just taking a little long and get yeah. around my taste. And I think the Spider-Man stuff, the last Spider-Man storyline, it was just a little too long for my... I was like, okay, you're trying to undo Brand New Day, which we understand needs some undoing, but... I mean, do we really need like like Mary Jane and Peter to fall in love again somehow, or rediscover <laughs> themselves? Can they just be together already? Like, it's enough. Like, make Peter a forty-year-old man, and I don't say that as a forty-year-old man that I want to be <laughs> Peter Parker. And I know that kids still got to buy comics, but Strange Academy and some of these younger comic characters are the way to do it. I mean, they just introduced the twins in WandaVision that become young Avengers and kids are going to want to find out more about that. Why don't they do it at the comic book store and they find out more young Avengers comics and those can be their Avengers. They can be like, oh, Tommy and Billy from WandaVision got me into the young Avengers. Well, um, I think that brings us into the MCU because now we're getting an MCU that has the same problems that comics do, right? Mm-hmm. Where eventually the characters grow and get older and does it make sense for 40-year-old Chris Pratt, you know, to still be kind of a man-child, right? Right, right. Uh, we got some questions here in the comments. Uh, Bolt T asks from YouTube, I uh, heard on another podcast the question, what is the iconic comic for each decade? There are some easy answers and some really tough decades. Can you three give it a shot? Like, I, I mean, if we just go back to, like, iconic comics from the 60s, I would say it's that Fantastic Four one that redefined uh yeah. fantastic yeah. four number one like redefined superhero comics incredible uh, and kind of led to the creation of the marvel universe if i was to go with like the 70s i would say that the denny o'neill like green lantern green arrow were like that's kind of the iconic one because it introduced things like I thought you were going to say batman and the the demon's head and all that Maybe, but I, I was mainly thinking about like the social issues that come to light in the 70s because yeah, it was right. such a socially conscious decade and that we had that one like Speedy issue where he's doing like smack, right? Like he, like Speedy's addicted to smack. Uh, and that was, I think, a Green Lantern, Green Arrow crossover. Story. Well, they had that run, the Green, Green, right. Lantern, Green Arrow as a book. In yeah. the 80s, I want to say all new X-Men. Or yeah. Teen Titans. I was going to say new Teen Titans, but yeah, they I think they're both neck and neck. Yeah, because the all new X Men was kind of introduced, but that led to like the Dark Phoenix saga. And then you can also say like, no, fuck it, we're going to say uh, for that one, we're going to say the Dark Knight Returns, or we're going to say Frank Miller's Daredevil, Man Without Fear, like the, where we really got into like the grittiness of all that stuff. But the eighties had their own issues that were rep- represented in uh, Dark Knight Returns, right? With like. The Reagan era stuff and the media. That was all. I think Dark Knight Returns did a pretty good job of that. The 90s, I think you got to pick some. I think you got to either. Well, the 90s where stuff starts to go to hell. And if you want to pick an image book, you can pick an image book. I was going to say Spawn. That was the. It's probably going to be Spawn. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Spawn is the most 90s character there is. And it's insane that the book is still going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2000s. Um, Morrison's X Men. Morrison's X-Men would be a really good one. I mean, it defined the look in the movies. It did a lot of stuff. I think Morrison's X-Men technically came out in 99, but it did introduce everything into... Maybe one of the ultimate books would have been the aughts. Ultimate, or the introduction of Miles Morales. But... I think you're. I think. I think you got to I'm going to go with you with the Morrison's X-Men. That was the one that they're I think had the most lingering effects. Um, what else was big? In, I mean... 
that Avengers Civil the the the, the Civil War stuff was in there. Uh, what would you say about this last ten years? The two thousand tens would be the iconic. I would comic. say Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. I think every you know every generation has its version of Spider Man, right? Right. Um, and that's that's such a a way to create a comic book character is start with this Spider-Man template of like, this is a teenager who's having issues. And, you know, how is this teenager representative of uh, whatever generation they're in? And I think Kamala Khan really struck a really strong note in the same way as Miles Morales or even, uh, but it wouldn't be miles in your opinion. Has, has Kamala Khan been stress tested to the level that miles has in which from video games to comics, to, to film, that character is a hit. I think reasonable Kamala, people can yeah. disagree. I mean, yeah. you were saying that Miles Morales came from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, Miles Morales fits into that um, sure. into that mold. I think Invincible fit into that mold. I think Tim Drake as Robin fit into that mold. I mean, clearly, you know, Spider yeah. Spider Man just keeps getting reincarnated as different and, characters. And Kamala Khan was a major part of the sell on that EA Avengers game, even though it wasn't supposedly a good game and she's getting her own series so i think I that character is i was fine what's that i did the youtube watch through i watched <laughs> the avengers through. game yeah it was three hours it was great <laughs> uh bolt t actually has a pretty good argument on the 2010s it, it may what? not be a superhero book at all uh the walking dead oh heck yeah oh absolutely so, the walking dead may have been the comic for sure. the 2010s yeah or the 2000s uh Let's see. Uh, Bolte wants to also know if 80s Watchmen would have been... Watchmen could have been the 80s book. That's actually a really great call. I um, feel like that got more popular retrospectively through the ages. Like, I don't know if it defined... I think only because the comics came out so late when they, mm. when they were... Supposedly they shipped horrifically late whenever they were coming through. I didn't know but, that. Yeah, they were like a year or two late at times. And it was only once they were collected in the 90s that people started talking about Watchmen like as the genius thing that it was. And mm-hmm. that also created like that whole argument that like uh, Al, that uh, Alan Moore got totally screwed out of his uh, characters getting reverted to him because they were never intended to be collected as a trade paperback and continue to be published. They were supposed to only be published in the eighties. And then after some time they were supposed to be reverted to him. And that clearly has not happened. Um, another comics based question. Then we'll get into some, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier and, and WandaVision talk is Matt Kelly saying, I've been out of comics for a few years, but I'm feeling the itch again. Check with the doctor first. What are the top five current titles that are worth checking out and or are easy entry points? I'm going to yeah. go with the comic that I re- I'm going to go with the comic that I recommended to you, Gil, which is Crossover, also mm-hmm. by Donny Cates, which is like the Roger Rabbit of comic books. And three yeah. issues are out, and it feels like the most meta comic I've ever read. Uh, yeah, I, I have a take on this, which is just that, you know, I don't think comics today are the way comics were in the 70s or 80s, where there's a jumping on point that you should sit and get through a run. I think you should hear about which, you know, a, a great run is going to be 12 to 24 issues now, right? Um, so if someone tells you, hey, Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman is incredible, seek out Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman and don't worry about the world that's going on around it. That's one that I constantly am um, telling people about. Or, you know, if someone tells you that Saga is really great, yeah, absolutely go seek out Saga. But clearly Saga is a self-contained thing. You don't have to worry about 
uh, anything around it. I don't worry about jumping on points anymore yeah. because eventually Batman is going to go back to being Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent is going to be Superman and his identity will be secret once again. Um, you know, one way or another, I think seek out good runs because, you know, life's too short to be super loyal to a book that is going to ebb and flow and sometimes be good and sometimes not. Find, yeah. find a really good run. Find like a, find a it, it, Matt, he said it. The real answer was, go read Saga. <laughs> Katie, have you read Saga? I've read a bit of it. I, I've been meaning to pick that one up. I, I've gotten so far away from comic books because I just haven't gone out anymore. And I don't know, Gil, where you're going these days. But like, I have a comic book store like in walking distance that I used to go to just to like hang out and chill. But like, I barely even go out on walks anymore. And I'm so afraid of going outside and you know catching the vid and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I that's Saga's one of those that everyone has told me for years, like, you got to get into this. This is a really good one. Why the Last Man, obviously, another Brian K. Vaughn book, Saga. And I mean, I know Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly is a man with his heart on his sleeve. He's the head of content here at the Geekscape Network. He made that, <laughs> he made that title himself. Uh, I'm going to say, Matt, if you go out and you get Jeff Lemire's Essex County, it's a book that's about that thick you're going to cry and you're going to love it. It has every piece of like nostalgia that I think that you, uh, you love. Uh, Matt is also the host of the horror movie night podcast here on the Geekscape network. And he's incredible. I love Matt. Good dude. Dearly. He's a good dude. He's also he's a, a great, great host at the go game. <laughs> uh, and, and if you really do like WandaVision and you're having a lot of fun with it, Tom King's uh, vision series from a few years ago was like a fun contained uh, series that also had yeah. a lot of influence towards what we're watching each week on WandaVision. Everything Tom King is doing generally. I really like his Rorschach book that is coming out right now. I loved Mr. Miracle. I'm really enjoying Strange Adventures. Um, Batman Catwoman is a little weird to me, but it definitely <laughs> feels like a continuation of what he was doing in Batman. And, you know, he turned Batman into a 50s romance comic and made geeks love it. Like, if you can make all of those toxic geek dudes like read a <laughs> romance comic that is like a love letter to wives, you know? <laughs> um, I, I, I can't read it in public, I get so steamy. It's, it's oh, a, really? Yeah. It's like it's, your 50 Shades I of Grey, 50 I, Shades I, of Batman. Katie, no, it's so book. emotional, it's so yeah. like loving. It's That's not good. Shades of Grey in any way, it's so <laughs> no, if you write love poetry and publish it as a Batman book. And it's insane that they gave him the green light for that. Yeah, That's make it awesome. a romance book. Make Batman a romance book. <laughs> it a romance. Yeah, it was totally a romance book under Tom King. <laughs> um, so let's actually talk about this uh, this thing that we just saw, the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier uh, trailer that sh- that premiered at the Super Bowl. Uh, that was... Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, well, I don't know about spoilers. We're only going to talk about this trailer, this but... Uh, I thought that um, we're gonna go frame by frame. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna go frame by frame. No, no, no. But I do. But I do think that we have to talk a little bit about what we saw in this trailer. We're not gonna show the trailer, uh, but let's talk about some of the things that we saw in the trailer. We saw what I thought was like my favorite thing was we clearly have a story in like post Captain America, Bucky, and Winter Soldier's relationships. They they've kind of been quippy and contentious while Cap was there. Now Cap is gone. He supposedly gave the shield and the mantle of Captain America to Sam. The, the Falcon at the end of uh, Infinity War. Uh, now we got this series, and the main thing that jumped out at me when I watched the trailer for the first time was 
Baron Zemo from Civil War is back. That's Daniel Brühl's character. And he has the purple mask. Mm -hmm. He has the Baron Zemo mask, which is like the Mushmouth mask from (laughs) the Cosby kids. And he wears it, and I love it. Am I the only one who thought in that shot where he's carrying the mask, the mask looked like it was CG? Oh, no. No, but I wouldn't put it. Shot was weird to me. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. It's a weirdly done trailer. There's a lot. It might be the colorizing, yeah. That might be it too. Yeah, Um, I think there's a lot to like get you interested. I don't think it was a well edited trailer. Sorry, sorry if Katie was the editor on that trailer. I was the editor on that trailer, and I made a lot of money, so I don't care anymore. Uh, Yeah, no, that's why I'm doing Geekscape because I'm an editor for Marvel films. No, we, I, we, I, pay, I, we pay Katie very well here at Geeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, Matt Kelly's like, "What? I'm Wait, the head what? of content." <laughs> exactly. And I this is the content that you're ahead of, so you should be yeah. paid, you should be paid accordingly, Matthew. That's so funny. <laughs> um, I did. I thought I really thought it was a fun one. Um, it felt like a buddy cop uh, show yeah. that's that's coming out, and um, I'm really excited to see, especially how Falcon kind of becomes. Captain America or takes on that mantle because that is huge shoes to fill, but he can absolutely fill it. It's just a, a question of whether or not he wants to or not. And is um, Bucky going to let him? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, and like there's that contention too. So. We saw the return of like uh, Sharon Carter. We've seen mm-hmm. her from some from Civil War. Is she Agent now or is she Diamondback now? I don't know, but she's I mean she's Peggy Carter's like grand niece or something from the mcu uh wyatt russell isn't in the trailer i don't think but he does play uh not necessarily u.s agent but he does play john walker who becomes u.s agent we we saw him from the back at the okay he kind of looks like captain america his outfit looks like captain america but he's u.s agent um i i saw that Bat Rock might be back. He's saying him at the beginning oh, of uh, Civil War. I, this is a little bit of IMDb spoiling, ah. but Bat Rock is back. And then there's a uh, Carl Limley, who's an uh, older African American actor, is cast in the series. Could he be playing Isaiah Bradley? Ooh. Because that is a storyline from the late 90s that happened in comics in the Truth miniseries, yeah. where Isaiah Bradley was discovered to actually be the first Captain America. Because it was kind of like a controversial storyline, but it's become canon in that why would the U.S. government experiment on blonde-haired, blue-eyed American soldiers when they can just experiment on African-Americans? And so the storyline was that they they tested the super soldier serum on African-Americans, and it's kind of like messed up. But the one successful person that came from it is Isaiah Bradley who was like the first real Captain America before Steve Rogers. And it became canon because his grandson became a member of the Young Avengers. Right. right? And so there, the question is, uh, is Isaiah Bradley in the series? U.S. Agent definitely is in the series. Bat Rock's definitely in the series. Those were spoiled by Topps trading cards. Uh, <laughs> um, and the villains that you see with the masks in the, in the trailer supposedly are the, uh, the anti Captain America gang, the flag smashers. And so we're going to the the flag smashers who are led by somebody named flag smasher. Oh, very uh, original. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're basically like, 
that dude's hate his flags. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there flags around that guy. They're basically like a well organized version of the idiots who raced the cap a few weeks ago. <laughs> that checks out. That checks out. They're like, well, we're patriots, and we're going to show you <laughs> Bucky and Winter. So we're going to show you Winter Soldier and Falcon. We the patriots. So who knows how that's going to work out? But um, <laughs> got we got ourselves. Flag. Yeah, we got ourselves a pretty politically driven storyline for. That's cool. Talking to Winter Soldier, and supposedly uh, Rhodey has a, an appearance. Don Cheadle supposedly has a little piece in. Oh, Rhodey that's episode. exciting! Yeah, so I am I just like spoiling it? In um, in Infinity told you there were spoilers ahead. Told you. <laughs> in Infinity War, they definitely showed that Sam and Rhodey have a a relationship, okay. a little bit of a contentious kind of mentorship going on. Mm-hmm. And that clearly so, he cared about him because Rhodey was like, you know, walking around the forest, you know, looking for Sam. What's crazy is that this series is going to come out so soon. In less than a, in a little over a month, in late March. Yeah. We have here's, here's the premiere of it. Here's what I think is going on with Marvel TV right now. So beyond uh, WandaVision, uh, which is, you know, so fantastic and so interesting, but it's clearly going to lead us to whatever phase four is like all of these weird multiverse things that seem to be coming out. Right. There's all these hints of, we know Dr. Strange two is a multiverse. We theoretically know that Spider-Man three is going to, uh, may involve a multiverse, all of these kind of stuff. Ant-Man and the Wasp as mm. the next Ant-Man and the Wasp is, Called yeah. multiverse, it's called it's like a multiverse mayhem kind of movie. Too. No, no, that's that's Doctor Strange too. Doctor well, that's Strange multiverse of madness. madness. But then there's also going to be, uh, which am I wrong? Is Mephisto coming from the Ant Man world? Is I that- don't. Uh, no. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, King the Conqueror. King the Conqueror. That's Ant Man. Ant Man. Yeah. So all of these things are going on. So so WandaVision is kind of seems to be setting all of that up, right? It's called uh, Quantum Mania. Ant Man Three oh, is called Quantum Mania, so, so it'll, have, it'll, it'll deal with the quantum realm for sure. Yeah. So th- then we have Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is sort of the aftermath of Captain America's death, or not really death. I guess he's still out there somewhere. So uh, I think he's getting, he's, getting a, he's getting a special on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the local <laughs> he said that AAR card. <laughs> and we know we have Armor Wars coming at some point, which is gonna probably involve all the ancillary um, uh, Iron Man characters from all of those movies. Um, and we have Loki coming out, which is going to be sort of a continuation of of the Thor series, you know, sort of beyond what's going on with Love and Thunder. So we have these three shows, you know, besides WandaVision, that are specifically continuing franchises from phase one and two. Uh, which I think is really interesting. And, you know, even though we don't have Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans anymore, it is like pushing those franchises forward, keeping those franchises alive. And, you know, I imagine by the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier that one of them is going to be wearing red, white, and blue. Right. <laughs> and, we, and that's not even saying the previously announced like Kamala Khan series, She-Hulk. Right. We have Hawkeye going to a new Hawkeye. We have... Uh, She-Hulk. We have all sorts of cool Moon Knight, and if you've seen the Loki trailer, uh, Jim Pelker only has a great question. Do you think that Loki's going to end up involving the Living Tribunal? It does seem like he is going to be under some kind of trial for what he's done. Um, at least from the trailer that I could tell, Loki's going to be 
brought up on charges or something. Right. He's definitely captive. So Which who knows? It's fascinating since he just escaped captivity. <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, it's a different Loki, just like yeah. Gamora yeah, is a different Gamora. Right, right, exactly. I but, hate it. Sorry. <laughs> you hate you, it? You, you hate it? I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. I love uh, um, an alternate universe story, but I think a good alternate universe story is when our character that we know is trying to escape an alternate universe because an alternate universe is the scariest place I can think of being, right? Imagine being in a universe where your parents aren't your parents, your closest friends aren't your closest friends. You have to get back home. When the entire basis of the story is people can kind of like freely move between universes, I can't imagine getting into it. I'm sorry. There are geekscapists listening right now being like, yeah, no, that that alternate universe actually sounds pretty tight. I hate it. <laughs> so my you're not a fan. I'd like to redo a... my relationship with my parents. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, right. You're not a fan of Lieutenant Tasha Yar just being a captain somewhere off in another universe. I want to see that story, but I don't want it to be my main story. Look, I love, um, I love what's her face, uh, uh, Sila, as a character. I think, I think here's <laughs> to bring it back to Star Trek, which I always will do. Who would welcome, welcome to Geekscape, pal? Welcome to Geekscape. <laughs> Um, I think Nemesis should have been instead of a clone of Picard. I think it should have been Sila. I think that would have made that a much more meaningful movie because we know that character already. It would have been they were trying to remake Wrath of Khan. This actually would have done that. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, I'll have yeah. to sit on that one for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that in. Uh, <laughs> it. Repeat it back to me. Let me know how you feel about it. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I just generally multiverses don't matter to me uh, alternate timelines don't matter to me i just don't think I just it doesn't think like i mean it, just, it cracks open so many different possibilities and bringing characters back that we haven't seen in so long and and also i mean the new spider-man stuff with everybody who's been rumored to be seen on this new spider-man set like they that. already have my money but i don't care <laughs> okay I do, really they already have my money. They they already have it. I'm sorry, but I don't I don't care about seeing a live action version of Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse somehow worked, but again, that was a story about all these characters trying to get home. Right? Right. True. And True. you don't think that uh it'll be fun to see Andrew Garfield go back home? <laughs> I don't know. That's what we're always saying. I, I, I imagine I imagine there are three fans of the Andrew Garfield movies. I liked it. I liked the first one. Or, yeah, I mean, especially as compared. That was Gil Barron, everybody, and uh, I'm kidding. Gil. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kick you heard, you off heard for liking it. the Amazing Spider-Man movies. You heard it here first. Gil like absolutely movies. hates Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I really do. How dare you, sir? He's gonna do our Doctor Strange movie. This Doctor Strange movie is gonna be good. I mean, not that you hate Sam Raimi. He's... I don't. I don't hate Sam Raimi. I, I don't hate him. anybody. I didn't like the Spider-Man movies. I just thought they were a little too cheeseball. I thought the cinematography was a little too buttery, you know, too glowy. That's Gil Barron, everybody. Uh, welcome to you. <laughs> I'm Amazing. kidding. No, I'm kidding. But no, I'm here to make a splash. I want people to remember me as a guest on Geekscape. When are you bringing back that asshole? <laughs> yeah. No, we love that guy with all the bad opinions. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> he's it. Great. He's great. He's great. Geekscape is, he's a great guest. Gil is a great guest because he's a, as opinionated as you are. It's awesome. <laughs> you I don't you need to, to do the them. hypnosis wheel when you say that there, Jonathan. You got to mm. get that little spinny thing. <laughs> I just figure if everybody who's a guest agrees with me, they're probably as dumb as me and I can just do the show by myself. Clearly, I do not want to do that. That would be 
awful. I might as well just start like a Twitch stream if I want to be like talking by myself. Hey, yeah, uh, no, no offense. Uh, but also, so, yeah. uh, speaking speaking of you know dead characters coming back to life, and oh, I well, mean, are we going to do that? Because I have to we? talk spoilers. Uh, Geekscapists, we're now going to move into the part of the show where we talk about Wandavision episode five. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, set y'all up for that. Let's talk a bit generically about Wandavision episode five. There are going to be spoilers let me just set it up for you video folks um yeah the the wandavision episode five happened it was uh, what how do we leave things with episode four if you want to give us a little quick recap katie or gail by the end of that we had we episode four was really episode four was really like the mcu uh, heavy episode that was like this is what's going on outside of the town mm-hmm. uh, with Wanda and uh, we got to see a lot of yeah. MCU characters come together we got to see the, um, the, opening, the opening where we see the re- return of the people from the blip I cried yeah. I thought that was so so well done yeah that was cool it was cool to see the return of people from the blip that we hadn't seen before and they called it the blip mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know <laughs> Yeah, so we start getting some characters back. Uh, we see Randall Park's character from Ant-Man. We see Darcy from the Thor, Thor. films. And we start to see kind of like the uh, sidekickish characters from all these different films start to come together and figure out like what is going on in the town. And it's the first time that we actually like see like, oh, Wanda's in charge of all this. She has broken into a military facility and taken Vision's body. We he She might just be like, reanimating his corpse but now we have these twins that are not re- I'm sorry that's my biker gang going past okay. uh but yeah are you late four- for a meeting or yeah, well no i'll catch up I gotta episode get my- four is also here. when wanda takes her first steps outside correct no no was that, that happened in episode five so now we're going to okay. go into episode five and okay. this, and, and sword keeps trying to poke into the bubble and see what's going on in Wanda's universe. Like Darcy allows them to start seeing what's going on a little bit. Uh, we have Monica Rambo get ejected at the end of uh, episode three that also showed up in episode four. And she says, this is all Wanda. Um, I've been inside. I can now tell you all what's going on. She's fabricated this perfect world for herself and vision and things are getting out of control. So, Episode four dealt a lot about like the sword side of what's going on. And episode five was Monica Rambo going back inside and them continuing to try this to the scene that you're talking about, Katie, where finally Wanda just says, enough of this shit. Quit. Just leave me alone. I've created this bubble. Just leave me alone. But we've already learned since episode four that the people who live in this town, Wanda's kind of kidnapped them and they're being held against their will. And it sucks to be them. Like it, It's actually horrible to their souls like they feel the, her sorrow and they feel her pain from... it's, it's almost like torture well torture. And, it, and it's fascinating too when she steps outside of the bubble she becomes more russian than i think we've ever seen her before sokovian sokovian so far so sorry sokovian but like <laughs> but even in the movies and everything like she had a little bit of it here and there in the earlier movies but like she went hardcore in that one scene and then, you know, snapped back to reality and all that. But uh, reality. And she, and she went full. She went pretty far into the villain territory, too. Yes, she, she said, did. leave me alone. This is your only warning. Cool. Like, 
and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a going. She's kind of breaking bad. We predicted that a little bit here on Geekscape. Geekscapists uh, that Wanda would break bad going into Doctor Strange two. I still think that we're going to see Doctor Strange in one of the later episodes of WandaVision. Uh, I think but... there's potential. I, it does seem like there is at least one other force working though, because she do doesn't. Mean? She doesn't remember how it started. Hmm. Right. So we theoretically have Agatha Harkness. Um, everybody online seems to be pre- predicting Mephisto because, mm-hmm. of course, the twins and the comic book history. Um, who is Agatha, Agatha Harkness? I know the, the neighbor yeah. is named Agatha. Can you Agnes. tell the audience who uh, Agatha is? Catherine Hahn is Agnes. Which Agnes. Every, there's a lot of theories going on that Agatha Harkness is Agnes. It's just like a shortened... Okay. version of that. And Gil, who is she in the comics? So in the comics she is sort of a mentor to Wanda. She um, uh, babies babysits the the children. Um, yeah. That I would mean, be Pietro and Wanda. Uh, no, uh, her yeah. children. No, no, no. Oh, uh, oh, the, Billy and, Billy and uh, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. And, and she's in like Mount Wondegore or whatever the heck that mountain is. Right. And she is a <laughs> witch. She's a, she's a sorceress. Um so yeah, so she's an interesting character. Now she's teaching at Strange Academy. Okay. Okay, so that's Agatha Harkness in the comics, not necessarily Agnes. Uh, Jim Pellegrinelli has a theory that says I can't be the only one thinking that Agnes killed Sparky to manipulate Wanda. Justice for Agnes Sparky. Doing a lot of stuff. Sparky's um, the dog, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But we know that that we here's here's why I think Vision is just a reanimated puppeteered corpse that is going to start getting away from Wanda's control because Wanda can't bring back dead things and, and obviously Vision being a syntho- synthesoid like is somewhere in an in-between world but Wanda could not bring back Pietro because he was killed at the end of Age of Ultron. She couldn't bring back Sparky and she arguably can't bring back Vision. We saw her break into a facility in the footage from this episode and she got Vision's corpse his body parts from where he was killed uh, and when he had the, the stone removed from his head, was he downloaded into the Wakanda supercomputer or not? We don't know. Maybe the stone at is least part of it is, I'm sure. Yeah, so now we have a situation where Wanda has reanimated some form of vision. That moment and, in four where we saw him in the dead face that was yeah. such a scare. That was, was such a good moment. I was like, oh, it was a good reaction. Oh. But is she losing control of him? Is he create is he creating his own sentience? Because now he's really? he has a whole storyline with his coworker. One of his coworkers woke up this week and said, Please make it stop. Save me. Make her stop punishing me. And then he We don't know put, if her is Wanda or Agatha or someone else. Why would you wait until episode six now to introduce a new character? I because, don't think it's oh, going to be I absolutely think they would do that. Really? Because they're slow rolling this out. Like, I, their, Forbes did this great article where they're like, um, the reason why people aren't liking WandaVision, WandaVision right now is because they don't remember how to watch TV. And you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's true. We're, we're sitting at home, we're binging everything. We're watching TV. <laughs> I mean, because like, like, think about when we were in the lost days and we're like, what the fuck does a polar bear mean? And we were going crazy over the, uh, the spoiler. The polar bear meant nothing. 
I mean, it really didn't. But like, that's also <laughs> because it was that crew and like uh, the whole yeah. mystery box never yeah. amounted to anything. But this is this is Marvel. They have so much richness in, that they can pull from that mm. I don't think we're seeing every single piece of this just yet. You don't think Wanda's just the villain and the last three, four episodes I, are I, trying to figure out how to free these people I and think set she's things part straight? Of I absolutely think she's part of it. I do think she is Breaking Bad a bit. Um, I think she's definitely, but I think there is one other element that we still don't fully know yet. And what that is, whether it's Agatha Harkness, whether it's uh, Mephisto, I, I, I swear, you heard it here first. Uh, I think there's one other thing happening. I think it's weird that they would introduce a super big bad like Mephisto this I way. Why would, um, why, would, why would they introduce it this early? Like, what did they have, nine episodes? Why would you introduce it now and it's going to take you two hours to fight that person? I think, why not? That's why I think it's Wanda. Why would why not wait until the next episode? But, but think about think about how what Monica Rambo was saying when she was like, um, it is all Wanda, it's all Wanda, but she she stopped it from going further. She's mm. like she mm. had that foresight of like there is still good in her and that she could have made it go further, but she didn't. She stopped it. So I think that's that's part of it where everyone like, yeah, Wanda's definitely the core of this. But there is a good side of her that like is stopping this from it reaching in the entire world. Jim Pogranelli asks off of Facebook, who is Agent Wu's missing person? Remember, Jimmy Wu went there looking for the Which, Jimmy. They have a missing person. We don't know who the missing person is. Is that why Wanda came to Westview or after is stealing it, Vision's corpse? So that's the other thing is when they're, they're, they're naming everybody. They, they have mm -hmm. almost everybody in the town named, but they don't name Catherine Hahn. Yes. They Agnes. haven't figured out. Yeah, Agnes. They haven't figured out who she is in real life, and we're still not sure who she is. So she but I, she may have, but like, what was the moment? And I don't know if this was a MacGuffin or not. But the moment Katie, when, you didn't kill Sparky, did you? Oh, I did. Yeah, no, oh. I edited the trailer for Winter, for yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier, and I killed Sparky. Um, <laughs> take that, Incelbot. Uh, <laughs> the, the moment that kind of like struck me as interesting was when Catherine Hahn was like, "Do you want me to take that again?" Like, you know those those tiny right. dips that that happens every once in a while where it's just like you know things aren't quite right in this universe right. or whatever. Are you you're like, a, wow, you're like Sherlock Holmes with this. Wow. Dude, I love this show. <laughs> right, and the fact that she's asking Wanda. So the question is. Does that mean that Wanda is in control of Agnes, or does that mean that Agnes is like fucking around with Wanda? That's my thing that I find so interesting because Agnes has always been there from episode one. She's been the constant. Um, and she's been the one that has also been a blind eye to some of the crazy things, like the kids growing up in front of her. Yeah, or God, the magic. Amazing, isn't she? She's so good. She's so underrated. So let's talk about that big moment at the end where. Wanda gets a knock on the door. She goes to answer the door, and it's nobody but her dead brother, Pietro, but not from the MCU universe, from the Fox X-Men universe. It's the Brian Singer, Pietro, and he walks in, and he's yeah. playing the role of the 70s, 80s funny character. Uh, but it's Pietro. Yeah, he, he got recast. I want to get a nice, uh, if I could save time in a bottle montage. That's all I want. <laughs> When I'm running around the room and slow, yeah, yeah, I, I think this is awesome. Like Evan Peters coming back is like, first off, I always missed. I always thought that Pietro was killed off too quickly in Joss Whedon's Age of Ultron. I think a lot of geeks think that, and we've been looking for ways for Pietro to come back. Having Wanda possibly pull him out of a universe in which he's still alive, 
and that would be the Brian Singer X Men universe, is awesome. Like, is it? Is it? <laughs> I think it's cool. Now we got Evan Peters and Quicksilver in the MCU. I think it's cool. And, also, and uh, it opens the door for all those X-Men to come over and make Gil mad. Know. We know Deadpool's coming. We know Deadpool's honestly, to it. Honestly, that like if Doctor Strange shows up, that's cool. If Deadpool shows up and explains no, don't, no, his no, 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 get your hopes love it. up. I know Katie's I'm going to get my hopes up and I'm going to be dashed across the rocks reality. Katie, that ain't going to happen. I know it's not, but I would love it. Okay, That's <laughs> like being like, if if we cut to an exterior and Galactus's footsteps on the house, like it's just not going to happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's just cross that off the list. Deadpool's not showing up, but we already have Quicksilver showing up and maybe he's going to stay as the MCU Quicksilver. Oh. Why do you hate it, Joe? Why why in hating multiverses do you now hate comics and by extension hate (laughs) all geek things that show me on the doll why you hate comics (laughs) and why you by extension hate multiverses? Look, I I told you why I don't like multiverses. I just think it takes away all of the uh stakes from whatever story you're telling. Um I I am a huge X-Men fan. I want Marvel to do the X-Men right. And if they adopt the the Fox uh, X-Men, you are now beholden to all of that continuity, right? Sure. Maybe this is the only one. Maybe it's we right. right. This could- and Deadpool, because Deadpool's like Ryan Reynolds Deadpool's clearly right. coming over. We know that Deadpool is happening. Right. But um, but we know that that's a meta thing anyway, so there's gonna be sure. a lot of commentary about it. Um yeah, look, I really want to see the MCU figure out how to do X-Men. I want to see X-Men from the beginning. I want to see those original five as teenagers, and I want to see... You know they're going to throw Wolverine in there, because he's... It is interesting to think of, like... But they'll make me like it. That's the thing. Right, 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 right. They'll make me goddamn like it. (laughs) Can can the X-Men exist in this generation? Like, I feel like the X-Men kind of have to exist in, like, the 80s or earlier. Like, the the other thing just feels like it doesn't quite fit in this world in this universe. I don't know. Might There's still be- racism. There's it's, still sexism. Yeah. Oh, There's still phobia here, and that well, means the, know, the X Men are fact, part of it. You know, Anti Asian um, violence is going on right now. It's on the rise, right? Yep. We know we have a huge rise. So make Sunspot the number one X Men character. Make him the. I don't know. Don't we make Sunspot. <laughs> Make uh, armor the number one X Men character. I would love to see them sort of pop the allegory of the X Men and let uh, Charles and and Eric both be black. I think that would be really cool. I, I think, think we're gonna be, do. you know, I think someone was talking about Denzel Washington as Magneto. Like, I would, I would die. Oh. I would love that. Um, oh my god, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Well, <laughs> And I just—I uh, don't think he would ever do. It. I'd be funny to see Magneto just chewing gum, but like, I—I <laughs> I would love to. See, I don't know if he would Joel, ain't got Joel. nothing on me. No, okay, I love it okay, because, like, okay. Denzel's such a good actor. I don't know if he would do a superhero film like that. Like, are I, you sure? Are you I, sure? I, are you sure? Maybe y'all shouldn't do sure? a, a Denzel accent. I mean, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Charles, are you sure? Just, just putting that out there. I'm excited for an X-Men movie that doesn't end with, come on, Eric, you're better than this. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the main twist at the end. It's like, Eric, you're better than this. And then it's resolved when Eric realizes there is some good in him. At and least, you know, their mother's names weren't Martha, so. 
Uh, Raymond Russell says Hugh Jackman is coming back as Wolverine. I'm calling it no, now. He's, uh, he's not. But did you hear this story? Did you hear this story off of a uh, off of a podcast with um, who was the actor on this one? Did I write it down? I did not. It was um, from Lord of the Rings. Viggo Mortensen said that he went in and met with uh, met with Brian Singer for the first Wolverine. And right. he decided not to do it because he brought his like child Henry with him. And he did first off, Viggo Mortensen said in this interview that he didn't want to be tied into a franchise for like 30 years, and that's what he thought was gonna happen. He then ended up obviously doing Lord of the Rings, which wasn't as big a time commitment, but was a very huge commitment, uh, pretty exclusive for those years. So huge uh so Vigo said he didn't want to do it for that reason, but also he brought his kid with him, who was very versed in X-Men. He let him read the script, and the kid goes, This isn't what it's like. This is not what it's like. And he used that as Viggo Mortensen also had his kid, uh, he told him to read Lord of the Rings. He's like, You should absolutely do Lord of the Rings. This is gonna yeah. be great. And yeah. he read Lord of the Rings on the plane to go shoot the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, that kid let him do Green Book. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Vigo, your kid made you. Oh, Vigo was good at Green Book, and uh, Green Book was the movie. Yeah, Green yeah. Book's a controversial. Uh, I, I do have to run in a little bit. I do want to make one quick point about the X Men. So, off air, before we were starting, I was telling you guys about a script uh, that I read um, that was the proposed Fox sequel to Dark Phoenix. They they commissioned a script from Zach Penn that was um, their hail mary to be like. Look, we can still bring these this franchise. This franchise could be cool. fine. Just just merge the universes. You have Wanda; she can merge the universes. You can do that. And you so, call this the X Men Vanilla Sky script? That's literally what it's what the is it really what it's called? It's called X Men yeah. Vanilla Sky. The code, name. The, code name, the code name for Dark Phoenix was "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and then <laughs> the code name for this one was "Smells Like Vanilla Sky." Mm. Oh boy! Oh yeah. boy! Um, oh boy! Ooh. Yeah, it's okay. So that, that's not the worst part about you it. Read the script. <laughs> what you read the script? So I've read it. Uh, I've done a table read of it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not great, but it but it essentially ends with the, with the X Men characters walking through a portal into Manhattan, and Iron Man and Spider Man swing by. You know, it is that. Um, that's just the ending of the script. What's the the what's the sense of the it, script what's the body of the most, script most of the script is house of m so it is um it is charles has made a deal with uh some human leader who hates mutants that he would make the world forget mutants exist and that way all the mutants would be safe and charles has made that deal charles that he's gonna say, do this okay yeah and so uh and the only person who's and mutants are starting to wake up to reality, including uh, Quicksilver, who is uh, who awakens uh, Magneto and Cyclops and Storm and Dazzler, and so that's sort of the cast. And, and they Charles have, is the villain, uh, kind of in this one, right? Yeah, as, as he is in Dark Phoenix, also right. kind of in the same way. So they have uh, made Wanda, who is you know in the X Men universe, is Pietro's younger younger sister, like. She's a child in uh, Days of Future Past. Right. She's like hooked up to a machine and is controlling reality with the help of um, Cerebro and whatever. And so the ending of it is like they unhook her from, from the machine. She opens a portal and the X-Men walk through it to join the MCU, which is stupid. 
<laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but. <laughs> oh, man. Look, all I want, I want the, the MCU to make their own thing about mutants. Yes. They'll figure yes. it out. Right. I promise. They're always there. They, they're there. They're coming out. It's We get it. Whatever it is, they'll mm -hmm. figure it out. I don't need to bring the, the Fox mutants into it, even if, you know, some of the casting ends up doubling up or something. Like, sure. even if that happens, I don't want anyone to think that the Fox universe happened. And that, I just don't like multiverses. I'm sorry. Okay. I just, multiverses okay. don't appeal to me. Well, Gil, it's been great having you on Geekscape. You are always welcome in this universe. Oh, my and, God. Uh, on Geekscape. Have you enjoyed your Geekscape? Have you enjoyed your time in the Geekscape? Me and my grandmother quilt have loved it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, podcast listeners, if you want to check out the uh, grandma quilt, you can go watch this episode on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, it'll be up there for posterity. Or go check it out on our Twitch channel. We're always on Geekscape TV. Those, are, I think, are the URLs for them. Uh, or if you're on Facebook, go to Geekscape. Search for it. You'll either find the Geekscape page or the Geekscape Forever Club. We want you to join both because we love you. And there's a ton more Geekscape coming down the pipe. Pike? Pipe. Pipe. Well, you get it. Uh, Katie Elsa Esser, you can find her over on uh, anywhere, really. She's on the Twitch. She's on the Twitter. She's at El Sassy Pants. And uh, our good friend Gil Barron, who I think is now going to be a Geekscape mainstay. Heck can yeah. be found at G.J. Barron. If you go to G.J. Barron on any of the social medias, you can find him. He and I became good friends and fast friends on Clubhouse. And I'm Jonathan London. This is Geekscape. Find us on all the social medias. And uh, good luck this weekend with the dating on uh, the Filter Off dating app. And, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed your Geekscape, tell your friends about us. And uh, we'd love to have them here. So from for Katie, Gill, and I, Geekscape forever. We love you and peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.